All right. I know we have only about 15 more minutes left here in the podcast, but we still have enough time for therapy session Thursday. And you know, Logan, surprisingly enough, there hasn't been really anything recently that I've been upset about. Well, that's good. But I want to just kind of get this out into the air. And therapy session Thursday, we've all said, we don't have to get mad, even though it's mostly the premises of this segment. We don't have to get mad. We don't have to get upset. We can just kind of vent out thoughts that are just in our head that we want to get out into the open world. So I was thinking about this last night while watching a docu-series on World War II called World War II in Colors. It's a 10-part series, or 10-episode series, I should say. Excuse me. And I had just finished watching the Pearl Harbor episode, all the events that led up to it, how it could have been avoided, you know, that kind of stuff. And I was just thinking to myself, what if, and this is coming off the prefaces that Call of Duty Vanguard has just been released. It's a World War II-based game. Great game. It is a great game. I, I enjoyed the campaign, not so much the multiplayer, but then again, I'm new at it. What if Call of Duty made a game, and they haven't done this yet to my knowledge, if they made a World War II-based game that was specifically set in the Pacific Theater. They've done multiple games where uh, it's been in the Eastern Front where they've been to Germany. There's also, there, of course, Call of Duty World at War. You kind of had it both ways. You know, you had one side. You, you were the Russians fighting the Germans in the East, and then you were the Americans fighting the Japanese in the West. Then, of course, you had Call of Duty World War II in which you were just solely uh, the Americans fighting out in the German areas in, in Eastern Europe or just in Europe in general, out on the East Front. There have been, even going back to the PlayStation 3 and 2 days, you know, Call of Duty Finest Hour, Call of Duty 2, Big Red One, Call of Duty 3, you were fighting, you know, out East in Europe. What if they made a game where you start out in the Pacific Front, you start out as an American soldier, obviously, at, say, Pearl Harbor or the Philippines? or however you want to start it, you start there, and you continuously, as the war goes on, just kind of follow historic events, like the island hopping that the United States did in World War II, and you end the campaign, you know, obviously doing battles at Midway, uh, Coral Sea, the Philippines, Guadalcanal, Iwo Jima, uh, Okinawa. What if you just went through the entire western front of World War II and it ended as you as a pilot dropping, you know, the infamous atomic bombs. I think that'd be a great game, in my opinion. It's just something that Call of Duty and their studios have yet to do yet. And I know, I feel like their bread and butter for Call of Duty is World War II games. It's their most selling games, I feel like. I think it'd just be a multi-billion dollar investment if... You can make a World War II game that was based in the Western Front of fighting. You know, you start at Pearl Harbor, you go throughout the historic main events of that game, of the the historic battles of World War II in that Western Front, and you end it how the war ended in Japan with the dropping of the atomic bombs. But, you know, that's my therapy session Thursday. I feel like I needed to get that idea off my chest. What do you think about it? Yeah, I don't... I think, for me, 
the thing that I wish that that Call of Duty would do, and they've done it a few times. You know, uh, I love the idea, and maybe I'm alone in this. I love the idea of like remasters, like remastering old games. You know, I've I've got a PS2, I've got an Xbox 360, so I have every Call of Duty that has ever been released on console. I've got Call of Duty Classic. I've got Call of Duty Finest Hour, Call of Duty 2, Call of Duty 2 Big Red 1, Call of Duty 3 World at War, all the way up to now Vanguard. The only two that I ha do not have and have never played is Infinite Warfare and Advanced Warfare. Never played those. They look like garbage. I've heard they are garbage. The campaigns are good in them, but the multiplayer and that, yeah, no. Don't play, uh, didn't play them, never have played them. I wish that they would do that. You know, I've seen some some companies that in Call of Duty themselves have done it. They did a Call of Duty remastered. They Call of Duty or Modern Warfare remastered. They did Modern Warfare 2 remastered. Why not continue to do that? I'm in favor of that as well. Go back and, you know, I, I'm waiting for them to remaster the original Black Ops. I want that so bad. It's my favorite Call of, Call of Duty game ever. Ever. Love that game. I wish they would remaster that. I wish they would go back and they would remaster Call of Duty Classic or Call of Duty Finest Hour and, and Call of Duty 2 Big Red 1, Call of Duty 3. You know, go back and remaster the old games and bring some of that nostalgia back, you know? Yeah. Because I, I still play them. I just finished, actually. I just finished replaying the campaign on Call of Duty Finest Hour. There you go. On my PS2. Difficult. Let me just say that. Difficult to accomplish. Because... We're so used to the graphics of today now. You know, of course, back in 2004, when Call of Duty Finest Hour first came out, because that was the first Call of Duty that actually was released on a console. We thought it was groundbreaking. Yeah, Call of Duty, the original Call of Duty, was a PC game. That I played, yeah. Right, and now it's Call of Duty Classic, which you can get for Xbox 360. But it was, yeah, it was groundbreaking. It was so much fun to be able to, you know, you cross the, the bridge, right, and go across the Rhine. You capture the bridge, you're... You you you're fighting as as a, a member of the British in North Africa. You're fighting as a Russian in in the European theater of operations. You're in the Battle of Stalingrad. You know stuff like that. So cool to be a part of. You're you're an American fighting through France. It, it's so cool to be a part of that sort of stuff. I wish they would do that. You know and and like EA Sports, they they're not releasing any more Medal of Honor games. Why not remaster the old Medal of Honor games? Remaster Medal of Honor Vanguard. Medal of Honor Rising European Sun. Assault. Yeah. Rising Sun. You know, why not remaster those games? I wish they would do stuff like that. TV does it all the time. Movies do it all the time. They just make a newer version of an old product. It, it get them a lot of money, especially for that nostalgia factor. And if you don't, and, and here's the thing. If you don't want to release it as its own game, then why not do what you, you know, uh, which was it Advanced Warfare that they released Advanced Warfare. Infinite Warfare. But it, or Infinite Warfare. You would, you released that, and if you bought it, you also got Modern Warfare Remastered. Yeah. Keep doing that. I'm in total favor of that. I wish that they would do that more. I, would, I wish, I wish, I wish that, I really wish, because I'm a huge fan of Red Dead Redemption, I wish that Rockstar Games would remaster the original Red Dead. 
Red Dead Redemption 1, or even Red Dead Revolver, which was the, the precursor to Red Dead Redemption, which that was a PS2 game. You know, there's there's a lot of that. Did you ever play, like, the Brothers in Arms games? Oh, yeah. I, wow, you just unlocked a memory. I forgot I had. Yeah. Uh, gosh, I'm trying to think of the prep, the precipice of those games. So, they're so good. And they all, like, intertwine with one another. They're all around the same group. I gotta look. And that so up there's over. like there the first one I think was like Red Dead Redemption or Brothers in Arms Road to Hill Thirty, and then it was Brothers in Arms Earned in Blood, and then the PS3 game was Brothers in Arms Hell's Highway, which was maybe the my favorite military game I've ever played in my life was that game. And there's been rumors that they're gonna make another one, but they haven't yet. And I mean, they literally haven't released a console version for Brothers in Arms since like 2008, 2009. I. I feel like I've played these games, but sadly, I think I forgot about them. I need to go They're back so and buy good. them. I've yeah. got, I've got them. Are they like, say, looking at the time frame? It looks like they're just PS2 and PS3 games. Yeah, they are. Brothers in Arms: Furious Four, Brothers in Arms: Arms to Hit Road to Hill Thirty, like you just said, Earned in Blood, D Day. Oh, man. So as of September of this year, they they have said that there is another Brothers in Arms game currently in pro in the process of being made. So there you go. But yeah, I, I mean, they've continued to release like, 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 like iPhone games, right? But like nothing on a console yet, which is really depressing. Indeed. <laughs> All right. I know we got about six minutes left here. You got anything else you want to add for your therapy session Thursday? Yeah. I mean, just really quickly, something that I've noticed over the past few weeks and something that I feel like has got me a little bit flustered in a way. Why is it that my uh, my college football fandom, that team, has a subpar offense but a great defense? But my NFL fandom is a great offense but a bad defense. That's tough. It's like I can't, I, 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 I can't, neither one of them can find any consistently. Now, the Chiefs' defense has been much better in the last couple of weeks. But, like, the Iowa offense is towards the bottom of the entire League in Division One in offense, but like a top 10 defense. On the flip side of that, the Chiefs have a top 10 offense, but a bottom 10 defense. It's like, please, can we just like take the Chiefs offense and take it to and the Iowa, Iowa yeah. defense and just like mesh those together and then put them on both teams? Now, I will say, and there's going to be some people that are upset with me, if I had to pick one, I'm taking the Chiefs offense and trading that with the Iowa offense because I want my Hawkeyes to be really, really good. Well, the yeah. Chiefs I love. I love the Chiefs. The only reason the Hawkeyes aren't a top 10 team, hell, a top 5 team, is because their offense is anemic. Yeah, because we scored 14 combined points in two weeks and lost both of those games. Yeah. Petrus is not your guy, and the offensive coordinator, Gary Pinkle, or Gary Pinkle, pfft, uh, Brian Ferentz. Brian Ferentz, thank you. I was going to say Corey Ferentz. His son is the offensive coordinator. Kirk Ferentz, yeah, our head coach. His son's the offensive coordinator. And that is... But did you watch the game on Saturday? I did not. I was doing other events. I, I'd, Petrus got benched. There you go. They threw in the backup, Alex Padilla from Colorado. How did he do? And he did, he did all right. He just sort of gave the... I mean, we still only scored 17 points, but he was 18 of 28 for 172 yards. He did his job. Didn't throw a pick. This right? was against didn't, Northwestern, correct? Yeah, didn't force yeah. anything, and, and it allowed it opened up the running game, which like, which was nice. For the first time all year, Iowa ran the ball 
basically whenever they wanted to. You know, Tyler Goodson had 145 yards rushing and a touchdown, averaged 6.7 yards a carry. Gavin Williams, the backup running back, had 10 carries for 41 yards. Iowa ran for 202 yards on the day on 38 carries, which is an average of 4.9 yards a carry. Very good. It's exactly what you're looking for. Five yards in a cloud of dust. And it is Northwestern, and their football team's just been kind of meh these past few years. Yeah, they're very uh, – well, they won the Big Ten West last year. They're just – it's one of those things. They're sort of similar to Iowa in that way where they'll have they'll have a year or two where they're a little bit down, maybe not as down as they are this season, yeah. but, you know, they're – Iowa's one of those programs, you know, 7-5, and 8-4, and 9-3, and 7-5, and 8-4, and, and then it's like, bam, they have a 10-2, and 11-1, and or a 12-0 season, and you're like, where the hell did that come from? Yeah. It's just sort of how it is with with some of these programs. You you know, it's a developmental program. They don't bring in four and five stars every year, and so sometimes the the stars just align with a program like that. And that's sort of the way Northwestern is. They're they're eight and four, seven and five, eight and four, seven and five, and then they're ten and two. They win the West and they're in the Big Ten title game. That's just sort of how it plays out sometimes. Yep. And this episode of the Rookie Sports Board podcast has played out to its fullest extent. We're just now getting to the 111 more, closing on the 112 mark. I know you got to go here. Always appreciate it. we talked NFL picks, talked college football, uh, talked some high school football as well. And then, of course, we had third possession Thursday. Logan, always a pleasure, and God willing, we'll do it on Monday. Yeah, we will. Indeed, we will. Folks, that'll do it here for the Thursday edition of the Rookie Sports Report Podcast. Matthew is all alongside. Logan Weber. Folks, don't let anyone tell you the odds, and we'll talk to you on Monday. I have nothing to say today.